live from the capital of the Commonwealth, this is the Sports Huddle with Bob Black on 1061 ESPN. We're also streaming live at ESPNRichmond.com and on the iHeartRadio app. Call in and talk with Bob anytime at 327-0888. Now, here's Bob Black with the Sports Huddle on 1061 ESPN. Uh, five o'clock hour of the sports title. Man, I love the four o'clock hour. I'm the host. I better be loving it every day. But there are some days, you know, you don't. But between Sean Casey and Dennis Bickmeyer, doesn't get much better than that. That's pretty good. Yeah, I like that. That's pretty The mayor, and I guess the mayor of the new mayor of Richmond. Or at least of Henrico County <laughs> Sports County. and Entertainment. <laughs> Anything sports related to Henrico County, he, that would be, yeah. He will be the king of two palaces. I believe by the time he's done, if, when they get the other one built, yep. right? And uh, wow, they are rolling in in the one that's now open. Yeah, that's fabulous th- facility up there, easy to get to. Mm-hmm. There's parking, all of that. Yep, uh, that that's going to be a gold mine. And Places it already to is. Eat and and yeah, right up enjoy. there. Right. You know, if you don't want anything in the concessions and you got a break in between games, which you know that's going to happen. Hey, that's a great point, Sean, because you have all those stores and restaurants, a lot of chain restaurants. Yeah. There's some local places, too. But if, if you're a parent of an AAU player mm-hmm. or you know the coach of the team, you're looking for places to take your no kids question. to eat. Between, I, I mean, I lived in the baseball travel world for a lot of years yep. and the softball travel world, and that, that was like the first thing when you showed up at a new complex yep. was where are the restaurants? Mm-hmm. And Where's the hotel that we're staying? Yeah, and they've got those up there. there too. There's walking distance. Uh, the yeah. hotel there, the Red Robin, is not too far. That's yep. probably maybe maybe a five ten minute walk mm-hmm. from uh, the Heracle Sports and Events Center. So yeah, I mean, it's a perfect location to take care of everything. The activities inside, and you got activities uh, in, in, in adult and uh, kid entertainment on the outside. So it's yep. pretty cool. Yeah, it's great. Love that. And uh, love talking with Sean Casey. Always love catching up with him. I've had a good year with him because I've yep. gotten with him two or three times and uh, real, really excited to hear him speak. As good as he is on TV and radio, I've seen him as a public speaker mm-hmm. a couple times. One was when he got inducted into Virginia Sports Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. another in the Richmond Hall of Fame. And he he's just so good. Just keeps the audience totally enthralled. I was going to ask him this one. And I didn't. I wonder if he's going to tell the story. Do you remember the time he actually got thrown out on a base hit to left field? Uh, it, it's down in lore with Sean. And, and oh, wow. being as good a guy as he is um, and, and the humor that he has, I got to believe. I don't remember which of the teams he was with. He might have been with the Tigers, but I don't remember which team. And he hit a solid line drive to towards left. third to left. And the third baseman had it glance off the tip of his glove. Yeah. And Casey thought he caught it. So Sean just stood there and actually started to take a turn to go back to the dugout. And the ball was whizzing into left field. Gotcha. And his teammates in the dugout are yelling, like, run, run, run. So he finally realized it, drops the bat. And, you know, he's not the most fleet of foot. Great hitter. (laughs) 300 hitter. Yes. All that that he did. But, he, you know, he didn't steal a lot of bases. (laughs) And whoever was in left field threw a BB to first base and threw him out at first base. Somebody would probably. Not right field. You see it happen every once in a while. Right. But But from left? Left field. Wow. All right. So what's the over-under whether he tells that story tonight? or, Or gets asked. See, I don't even know the format. It's like Parney up there asking questions. Or, That's a good I, I question. Don't know. I don't know what the what the um, format is, but anyway, I'm hoping you, I won't ask it though. That's a good question. But I, I don't know. Anyway, it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. 
and love doing those things and keep baseball in the in the presence of mind in the offseason. Saw the Oakland A's sale went through yep. today. They're heading to Vegas. Now, the do they, Vegas A's. Will they play in, in Oakland until their stadium is ready? I didn't catch that part of the story. I did not How either. How deadly will that be? I mean, it was awful this year. I don't think they will stay in Oakland. I think they're out. There must be a minor league stadium or something in Vegas. Either that, that or, can, do you, or do you play it at Allegiant Stadium? Can you play baseball in there? I mean, is, is the field constructed? They will probably that? have to. I would think. I, I mean, don't know if, if they you, could do that. They did it in the Kingdom maybe, back in the day. You probably maybe, have to. I don't know. It'll um, be interesting because I think uh, the Super Bowl is coming up there. I yeah. want to say a Final Four this could year. Could be is. Final fi- Final Four is in Vegas. Yes, yeah, so, it is. Yeah, that's I, true. I, that'd be interesting if they and the Super Bowl is the, in Vegas. Yeah. yeah, right. Of course, CBS will show the Super Bowl this year, <laughs> so you won't have to work. Not the early show. Oh, not there. Yes. Thank goodness. Uh, absolutely. And I'll make, well, never mind. I'll, I'll talk about that afterwards. Yes. But yeah, no no early show. Good for day. you. Yes. All right. And then the other baseball news, I'm just getting used. Now, what is everybody's hurry? Why are we in such a hurry? They want to cut five more minutes off of every game. <laughs> so we're going to reduce the pitch clock with runners on base to 18 seconds. Oh, wow. From 20. And they estimate it'll shave five more minutes. I'm telling you, Sean, if I'm the concessionaires, I am not liking this. No, you're not. I don't have enough time to sell my product, and I'm already charging twice what I should be charging anyway. Yeah, wow. concessionaires, the team owners, because that's going to hit them in the pocket. What is everybody's hurry? I, remember, I know I sound like an old No, guy. I remember Pawnee mentioning that. I mean, it was like when you're going, I think uh, they, they shut off beer sales, mm-hmm. bottom of the seventh, mm-hmm. something like that. And if you have a game that goes by quick, let's say 90 minutes, and you're at the top of the seventh, you know, one nothing, one one game, something yep. like that. You're not even really settled in for the game, or you've been standing in line for the duration of the game, and then it's like, okay, bill sa- beer sales are done. What? I think a lot of them have amended it to the eighth or even. Yeah. The nine. I'm pretty sure when I went to Philly to the Phils game, you could have still gotten a beer in the eighth inning. It's crazy. Uh, they, they just had to do it. They just yeah. needed more time to anyway. And, as, and some of the food sales as well. The um. The cheesecake location where they where they sell the uh, cheesesteaks uh, at the Diamond, basically behind where we shoot yeah, the games. Yeah, I think they have a cold close uh, a window. I think after seven, they shut it down completely. No, no matter, matter how what. long it goes, no right. matter how yeah. long, yeah, they shut it down completely. So yeah, it, it's affecting. I know on the field and yep. off the field. Just go to eighteen for everything. Then that would be a compromise. <laughs> Pitch runner on or no runner on, but yeah. they won't do that because they want the fifteen because they want the game to keep mm-hmm. moving. So yeah, and, just, and I'll admit I went screaming and kicking on this thing, but I've kind of gotten. I, I won't say I like it, but I've gotten used to it, and I like it because I'm hoping it brings more fans to baseball. Mm-hmm. I would be okay with it still being the old way, and I don't care if my baseball game takes three hours and 15 minutes. I don't. Everybody else does. Yeah. They need it to be 245. Parney once told me that was the magic number. 245 was the magic number that they wanted games to be at. They don't want 230 or 225 right. for all the reasons we were just mm-hmm. talking about, and they don't want 315 for obvious, you know. But 245. But nobody complains about a college football game that's been going three and a half hours. Now, I'm going to tell you what. I did. I did. Uh, with Virginia State, Virginia Union. And I love that matchup. It was a great atmosphere. There's no business. Any regulated college football game should take four hours. Nope, I agree. Regulation time. Regulation right? time. No and that overtime. one did? It took nearly four hours. Kickoff was just after one, and that game wow. it went off air just before 5 p.m. Were the commercial breaks that long or something? Or? I was talking to, I guess, the he was a supervisor of officials, and it was like four quarter, but it was about three, three and a half minutes. 
See, that's interesting because they've made some rules here to theoretically speed the game up a little bit with not stopping the clock after first downs Mm -hmm. until the last two. And it it really hasn't helped. Not with that game. Not (laughs) Not with that game. Because I kept looking at my watch and I'm like, wait a minute, we're mid-fourth quarter. And it was like like 4.30-ish. And I'm like, there's no way this game should be three and a half hours. Or are you just bitter? No, I'm not. No, I wasn't bitter. I was not bitter. Now, my orange and blue, my orange and blue side. I was. There was a couple of calls. I'm like, I, I wouldn't have done. I was, there was some questionable calls, but just given how they played, Virginia Unit, you know, credit to them and what they did mm-hmm. in that game. But I and, and there were some other people there, and after after that game, no non overtime college football game should last four hours. No. And Ohio State, Michigan shouldn't no, do that. It was ridiculous. Yeah, it seemed like every time there was a break, it was a commercial, and it was between three, three and a half minutes. And wow. I'm like, it takes, it took the the rhythm away, and that's why I was saying it took the rhythm away from the game, especially when you had a good drive, and then all of a sudden, boom, got a commercial, three, three and a half minutes. It's like two, three timeouts, you know, that each team basically had in that one overtime, and the, I mean in that one timeout, then another break. Oh, we gotta do this again. It's like Man, that's a lot. The rhythm, the rhythm to me mm-hmm. just it just it was it was yeah. off for both teams. Mm-hmm. No matter who who won that game, but that's almost four hours. That's too that long. That was that was a little too long. Yes, it is. All right. Uh speaking of time, we're right up against it. About ten after five, Thursday afternoon, feel good edition of the sports huddle. Let's keep it rolling and tell you what we're gonna be doing here on 1061 ESPN. These are this afternoon's top sports stories. I'm sure you'll be fascinated by all the uh, stories you have to tell. This is today's Drive Home Headlines. Drive Home Headlines brought to you by James River Air. If you're not happy with your heating and cooling system, give James River Air a call for a free in-home consultation. Check them out online at jamesriverair.com. So Coach Harbaugh at Michigan is backing off. He's not going to challenge the ruling. He's going to take the suspension. Won't be on the field Saturday when they play Maryland or the following week when they play uh, Ohio State for what will be the Big Ten Mm pseudo-championship game uh, there for sure. He will coach the team every other day of the week, just not on Saturday. And Again, for all the Michigan people that are like, oh, my gosh, how could we be doing Come on. It's three games. He's been coaching forever. He's going to keep on coaching. Those players, they're going to be fine. You know? Yeah. I, yeah. So he's essentially missed 60%, well, almost half. Well, right, he missed the games at the beginning. Yeah, he missed three too. games That's at the beginning. True. So he's missed three at the beginning and three at the end. And they're unbeaten. And they're unbeaten. Yeah. I, and their kids seem well-adjusted enough just, that, just that they'll bit. handle this. But I just I, I still think that was a slap on the wrist. I mean, given – I mean, you know, I'm hearing, you know, the players didn't have anything to do with it. And, you know, it was, it was basically on the staff and Coach Harbaugh and maybe he didn't know anything about it. But we can go with so many other examples of a coach that, quote-unquote, didn't know what took place. But he is the CEO. He is the face of the program. Hundred percent. And what was, I forget, um, the lack of institutional control, control or something like that yeah. that cost Rick Patino his job at Louisville. He didn't know, but he should have known. If Harbaugh didn't know, he should have known, and it should have been stopped at that point. I thought three games was a little light, and hmm. for Michigan to still be in position to make the college football playoff on something like that. I don't know. I, I think they, they should – the punishment should be – if you're going to hit them where it hurts, which is the wallet, you're going to make the most money in the playoff. So if you're going to hit them yeah. where it hurts I, – I, I don't know. I, I, I think – I was actually okay with the penalty in this case. Um, 
I think they needed some penalty primarily because they were stupid enough to get caught and careless mm-hmm. enough to get caught and brazen enough to do it the way they did it. Yeah. Like we've talked about this a million times. Like, like st- sign stealing goes on in a legal way. In every sport. <laughs> and it is a legal in way, actually. Sport. Especially baseball, because we talked about that. Yes, but, but it's written so clearly. The two things you don't do is go advance scout anymore. You used to do that in the old days. No question. And they got rid of it. Yep. And everybody was happy about getting rid of it. So you don't, as an employee of a school, go to another game. You know, whether it's your money or the school's money, you don't go. That's number one. Mm-hmm. And number two, you don't use electronic devices. Yep. And and or AI or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And they brazenly broke both of those. Because supposedly in the NFL you weren't supposed to shoot the signals field level you could do it up top to kind of give a an idea Mm -hmm. of you know the 22 man uh camera view but you're not supposed to shoot field level the the signals and everything like on the field in this instance i mean when you have supposedly a staff member (laughs) wearing crazy central was a central michigan Michigan, gear Mm -hmm. wearing a uh, a fake mustache Going up against Mr. That's like that, out of a bad movie. That that story still amazes me how that that fell through the cracks of Michigan State. I know. That he was able to get on their staff, on their sidelines, and get press credentials to get the signals of Michigan State. Crazy. Wow. Yeah. No, just brazen, you know. Yeah. Anyway, but by the same token, you know, it is signals and Teams have ways and yeah. still got to stop them and all of that. Because easily you could do it without even going in that 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 realm. Right. I mean, you could you could do it based on uh, his cadence, the quarterback's cadence at the line of scrimmage, how a lineman tilts his foot mm-hmm. one way. If he tilts it one sure. way, it's a run play to that side. If he tilts it another way, it could be. I mean, there are different ways to do it, like you said, legally without having to go to that depth. Yeah. To get uh, signs. It's ridiculous. Yep. Agreed. All right. So that was kind of one of the headline stories of the day. There's plenty of college basketball. Uh, A-10 style. St. Louis got a win over Wyoming. That's a good one. 79-69. Dayton is down two to LSU at halftime in the Charleston Classic. And then later on tonight, St. Bonaventure plays Oklahoma State. Uh, that's the ESPNU game at the Legends Classic at uh, Barclays Center in Brooklyn. UVA is home tonight, and the big story there isn't even who they're playing. The big story is who's doing the game. We're, we're dominating a lot of television yes, coverage we here. Are. We're interested. I hope the audience is as well. But uh, Corey Alexander will call that game at UVA. Under, UVA grant. Under normal circumstances, he would be feted for doing the game and hailed because he was a former Cavalier, great Cavalier no player, question. NBA draft pick, all – all of that. But Corey was too honest the other day because he was doing the game not for Virginia, but nope. for ESPN mm-hmm. when they played Florida. And there was a replay review mm-hmm. that the officials couldn't quite see the call with the angles they were given. Mm-hmm. And they came over to Corey's side to get the TV view. And Corey waved them over and said, Come over here. We have a better view. And it's clearly Florida's ball. Mm-hmm. And Tony Bennett got mad at him. Oh, he got livid. <laughs> I think, it, I think the, what he, his, his phrase was, is not sure your call to make or not your decision to make on that something to something that degree. like that yeah see the fact that he was working for espn to me puts him in the right on this one like like i was thinking about that if that happened to you you're working for vcu mm-hmm. i'm working for richmond 
if the officials come over in a similar situation, what am I going to do? You know what? I'm, I'm going to show them because you got to show them. You got if, the monitor. If, if we didn't have a monitor, see it, yeah. if we don't I'm have a monitor, show it to them. But yeah. I don't know that I'm going to wave him over and say, hey, come look at this play. It was yeah. out of bounds off of Jordan King or whatever. If he asks, if the official comes and asks, can we use your monitor? Yes. I would say, it's here. Go ahead. Yeah. But yeah, I wouldn't say. I wouldn't have volunteered. Especially the play by play guy would say, hey, come over here. Now maybe when you're working neutrally for one of the networks, you can you can do I that because yeah. you do kind of have a bond with the officials. Yeah, you're the neutral people in the building. You're the only neutral people probably in the whole building. Right. So I do get that, but but other than so I mean, it was a sticky situation. Right but I, they won the game. But supposedly they they text and supposedly all was good. Yeah, everything is good because I think Bennett eventually realized, hey, you were not working for. You know the ACC network for UVA's live stream or anything like that. You're working for ESPN. It was just, it kind of looked odd that a UVA grad is trying to say, "Oh, it's Florida's ball." When mm-hmm. it actually, what it was, but I mean, he is working for ESPN. He's a contracted employee for the mothership. Yep. So he has to, he has to he has to walk the straight and narrow. I'll tell you what I have done, and that is ex post facto after the fact. Yeah. If an official comes over and says, hey, did we get it right? And we say, well, I saw it on the monitor, and maybe it, it does go against it. When I know it can't be changed at that point. At that point, yeah. No harm, no then foul. I would, and I'm like, maybe you missed that. Maybe his foot was on the line or whatever the, the call might have. But I, I don't think I would ever be proactive to say, hey, come over here. Yeah, like, you I, know. I think, I guess for an analyst, maybe you can, you maybe. can, you can do it. But I guess if we're in that position, I don't think we would just say nah. – Come over, <laughs> come over here. We got it. Nah. All right. Nah. They, they shouldn't have to worry about it tonight. They have Texas Southern. Um, Tony won't have to worry about that. I think that's a swag, a, a, a HBCU. A yeah, swag. It is. Yeah. You're, you're, who is zero two? Mm-hmm. And the, surprisingly, this is their third road game already of the year because they're collecting paychecks. I have not looked at their opponents, but I can almost guarantee. Before we go to the break, we got to get to the break real quick. Let me look at Texas Southern. Let's see who they played because uh, I have no idea. But they'll get a nice paycheck. Mm-hmm. Uh, New Mexico paycheck at New Mexico. Arizona State, paycheck. paycheck. And then after Virginia, at Creighton. Paycheck. Uh, let's keep going. Uh, at Oral Roberts, at Drake, maybe not. Yeah. Then at Purdue. Pay- paycheck. There you go. Then they get Sp- Oh, you go face Edie? Oh, yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> sacrificial lamb. Exactly. Sacrificial lamb. Yeah. Right? right. probably going to get about yep. 125, 250,000 maybe for that game. Their athletic budget will be made on the games against New Mexico, Arizona State, Virginia, Creighton, and Purdue. And I said this all the time. Sorry, Bob, but that's that's, right. that's the issue with HBC, yes, especially Division One HBCU programs, football and or basketball. More times than not, they are the sacrificial lamb because they are going to generate the revenue for the athletic program by sometimes getting beat by 40 or 50 points with mm-hmm. going to Purdue and and New Mexico and, and what was that? Creighton, it was another Creighton, power five. Um, Arizona UVA State. And Arizona, yeah, I mean. Yeah, and they were competitive in that one, really, 63-52, yeah. relatively speaking. New Mexico blew them out, and I would assume Virginia would beat them pretty badly. And Purdue so. would probably get them by like 30 or something yeah. like that. So, I mean, that's, it's unfortunate for HBCUs because – they should have to do it, but unfortunately they are put in that predicament where they have to. Uh, this must be some sort of tournament they have a little bit later. Texas Southern is in it with North Carolina A&T and Howard. Nice. And there must be a fourth team. I'm just looking yeah. at their schedule. And they play A&T on December 16th and Howard on the 17th. So it must be a round robin. Yes, I, I don't I hadn't yeah. heard of that one, but I would assume that there's probably a fourth team with those two, and that'll be probably a good tournament for yeah. the HBCUs to be represented in. Yeah. You know what you're doing here. You're just begging Reggie to call. 
That's what you're doing I'm not with, to be with honest, this conversation. I, I, I but just, I'm going to tell Reggie, wait like 10 minutes. Yes. Because Sean's going to be here solo and I gotta, on his own. And, and I do want to talk about, before you leave, I do want to talk about this sideline reporter story. Okay, let's take a break yes. and we'll do that. I know we're dominating with TV radio talk yes. today, but we like it, so bear with us. And it's probably pretty interesting to the viewer. Because it does impact and affect the viewer, especially this incredulous story. Yes. There's your radio tease. <laughs> Sean will detail it for you when we come back on the Sports Huddle 1061 ESPN. If you're looking for compassion, you, you may have come to the wrong place. Matt Josephs isn't mincing words. He's a coward. We can no longer call him River Bogron. And while he may believe in luck, of course there are things that you got lucky about, he's here to tell you what you need to hear. Weekday afternoons from 3 to 4 on 1061 ESPN Richmond. Did you know? This week, just head to our website and to our This Week on 1061 ESPN Richmond page for a preview of what's to come on 1061 ESPN. All right, 25 after the hour here on the Sports Huddle, the Feel Good Edition. Bob is going to be with us for one more segment and then he's going to exit stage right. He's got his chopper. As he's going to head downtown, he's going to... I just wish I had the Sean Casey limo. <laughs> oh, no. That, that he was being driven We should have asked him if he event. was in a limo. Could he pick me up, maybe? You know, can I, I would have left you early if Sean oh, said, I know hey, you we, would we have. can come by and get you on the way. I would have left early with you <laughs> to be in the limo <laughs> at that point. So uh, Bob teased us, teased, teased you guys about our the next topic we were going to talk about. And if maybe you didn't catch it on social media, but this is kind of like percolating across the social media platforms. And it's about... Sideline reporters <laughs> who sometimes are, you know, they, they get the information, you know, for basketball and also football games. And uh, they get the opportunity to talk to some coaches. And one in particular has said that she sometimes made up sideline reports. What? Yes. Carissa Thompson, who used to work on the mothership and also on Fox. She's also now the uh, Thursday night Prime time a host for the Thursday night games on Amazon Prime. Maybe game. not anymore. <laughs> we'll have to find out by the end of the year, right? That's tonight, right? Yeah, they got a big one, Bengals and Ravens. They actually get a good game tonight. They have a good yeah. game tonight, and I'll be checking that out for fantasy reasons. Uh, <laughs> but she says sometimes she made up sideline reports in the event that a coach did not come out in time or if she missed the coach either going into the locker room or coming out of the locker room. So she would just make up a generic statement like, you know, we've got to stop the run. we got to do a better job stopping the run. <laughs> you know, coaches slang that you always hear, she had sometimes uh, brought that up. Wow. She yeah. said, yeah, because the coach wouldn't come out at halftime or it was too late. And I was like, I didn't want to screw up the report. So I was like, I'm just going to make this up because, first of all, no coach is going to get mad if I say, hey, we need to stop hurting ourselves we need to be better on third down we need to turn stop turning the ball over stuff like that generic stuff that they would normally say she threw that in the report and i'm on twitter and i know some some people some friends of mine who want to be sideline reporters currently sideline reporters trying to get into the business and they saw that and they're like appalled sure by that like you and I were talking, and I'm I'm on social media, and everybody's kind of saying the same thing. She messed up on so many levels, making up the reports. That one, one, that one's obvious. Number two, revealing it is an odd choice to make to do that. Three exclamation points. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then, like you just said, all the sideline reporters who actually do the job correctly look bad. Yes. Because now it's going to be guilt. 
by association. And, and I, I love my sideline reporters. You, <laughs> Lane, Matt Smith. Look, we don't have to make up reports. Look, <laughs> none of you are eye candy. No. I think we could all agree on that. But you guys all offer solid information, not only to the viewer or the listener on radio, mm-hmm. but to us in the booth. I right. say this all the time, how valuable, particularly Matt, because he's been doing it for so long with mm-hmm. me, can be almost a spotter on the field for me. When there's a scrum and a fumble, Mm -hmm. and I can't tell who recovered it or made the tackle, he can tell me because he's right there in my ear without a gallon out of the air, and then I sound like I actually know what I'm talking about. Right. And see, on TV, you you don't really need that person to spot you on the field because, I mean, unless... You can still do it. Okay. You could. Next time, I'll have the mic say, Bob, this person, yeah. Well, what what Matt was good at, and this is totally different than this Carissa thing, Mm. when when he he can tell now when I'm struggling... To yeah. know who made the tackle because it was a big pile up, or right. who recovered the—that's when he'll do it. He wouldn't do it under a normal right. play. Right, no, but in that instance, that. yeah. But he provides the information that I'm going to. You, Lane, no, you've never made up anything, and why would you do that? Why, especially when you got Coach Huseman? He's going to give you the great sound anyway. So why would I even say no? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a being a in a position where I can't catch up with him to then miss. The goal that will be coming out of Coach Hughes' mouth. So is mouth. she saying that she like missed the coach? She said it's either he came out, either the coach came out late to the point where they couldn't do the live or a taped hit, or uh, you know just either they he came out late or she missed him going in. Something like that. It's hard for me to believe that happens on network. Like I could see that happening on our broadcast at our level. You would think. I mean, you would have somebody, but not at the right. You'd have somebody tackling the coach and saying get right. over here and Whoa. then for her to say you know I'm, i haven't been fired yet so i'm going to go ahead and say it so it's like i'm i'm hey i'm sticking my chest out to say well here it is i'm gonna i'm gonna bring that up so does that mean her superiors know about this like like the way you just said that was like hey i haven't been fired yet so well, i might as well get, say this that yeah. must, to me that indicates or i'm assuming that somebody in a position of authority knows about that I would think so. I mean, and she's just now revealing it to everybody yeah, else. Yeah, and that's what she. I mean, and she said that. I said I hadn't been Ooh, fired. So that puts somebody else's neck on the chopping block. I mm-hmm. think. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the video again, and she and she made it up. I mean, she said in the in the in the in the piece, I hadn't been fired. So it was almost like, well, I, maybe either I've said it before, and hey, let's continue, or. You know, I brought this up now, and I haven't been fired from Thursday Night Football or any of my other. Because she's she's also the uh, um, the highlight uh, reporter on Fox. You know, during the course of the game, she does the highlights, and you know, if there's a, a little break, so she's she's got two high profile jobs. So it's like, how does she keep her credibility now? Like, if she does a sideline hit and says. You know, Coach Reed said that. Or tonight. That's the thing. Tonight, right. Because you would have those pre production meetings. Yes. So it's like, did she, you know, I think people, and especially those reporters who, like I said, would be reporters, currently sideline reporters that are trying to get, you know, get more assignments. And things of that nature that deal with the, you know, hey, you're not getting enough, Mm -hmm. you know, you you know, you're not qualified, you don't have this look, you don't have the the cachet. They're going to be listening with a with a stronger ear to be thinking, well, did she make that up? Right. How do you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's it's crazy story. Yeah. On on the night of her game. Yeah. On the night of the game. That's you. Then this comes out. It's got to be a shooter drop in this thing. We got another scandal here, Sean. Yeah, add, it to, add it to the list. Very interesting. interesting. 
All right. Well, I'm going to abandon you. And, I understand. And head down to Altria Theater and check out the Flying Squirrels event tonight. So I'll let you uh, fly the mothership here for the last 30. You have nowhere to be tonight, so there's no chopper. Well, actually, right? I did. The, well, the chopper was well, going to be a little late. The chopper has to go to the Siegel Center because we have state championship volleyball oh, action okay. at the Siegel Center uh, in class. I want It's not class five or six, I guess. It's just two state championships involving four area teams who are guaranteed two oh, state to champs. Thomas Dale yeah, right. is playing Midlothian. Atlee is playing Patrick Henry. Okay. One is at six, one is at eight. So we're guaranteed to have two state champs from our area right. representing volleyball. So but you're yes. okay hanging here till six. Uh, yes. Yeah, then I'll, get I'll get the last points in both. And- <laughs> You're a veteran. We'll, we'll, we'll show that off. You know what you're doing. Yes. All right. Well, enjoy the last half hour, everyone, with Sean. Sean, enjoy with everyone else. Maybe Reggie will keep you company I, I'm here. surprised he hasn't called. I I have, I'm surprised Reggie nor Bruce neither has one. picked up the phone. I, I know, know we didn't talk NBA just yet, but I'm surprised neither one has I'm, called. So I'm with you. Enjoy it and have the chopper gassed up. Hopefully, you know, the, the pilot I'm is ready. I'm checking on my way out. All right. you and you got Lewis on the other side. I got there. oh he'll, he'll Lewis is good. Too. Lewis right. is good. All right, Sean's coming back with you. Finish it up for today. I will be back tomorrow. Uh, we'll do the Friday four to six deal. Jake Holly's going to join me tomorrow. The voice of the tribe. We're going to duke it out. I was going to say there's some for, sort of big game yeah, on Saturday. Never I guess we'll talk that about one. that in the in the last yeah, block. We, we never even got into that. So all yeah. right, have fun. All right, all right. Back after the break, uh, Sean will be back after the break. One zero six one ESPN. Let's get social. Follow us on X and Instagram at ESPN Richmond. And find us on Facebook by searching ESPN Richmond. Don't miss a thing from your home for sports in Richmond. 1061 ESPN. For the Dallas Cowboys all season is 1061 ESPN. Brought to you by Arthur's Electric and Park and Go. All right, so Bob has left. He has exited stage right. He's headed to the chopper and will make his way downtown to check out the hot stove that the Flying Squirrels host each and every year with the Mayor Sean Casey. He is the uh, the guest, the special guest, and he'll be uh, sharing some baseball stories later this evening over at the Altria Theater. So if you uh, got a ticket and still want to check it out, you still got some time to go over there and uh, be a part of that special event this evening. Uh, Bob had mentioned before he had left, uh, Jay Colley is going to be on the Sports Huddle tomorrow to preview the game for the Richmond Spiders uh, this season, the game of the year for them, a chance to claim a share of the CAA Conference Championship they're currently in a four-way tie for the lead as they have rattled off uh, five wins in a row since that Hampton loss back on September 30th. And I think a lot of people would, maybe a few people are surprised that they were able to, to run off five straight wins to include a really good win against uh, not only Campbell at homecoming last uh, couple weeks ago, but then coming off the bye week and getting that victory against Elon Last Saturday, 38-24, behind a great performance by Kyle Wickersham, who threw for just about 170 yards in the in the game, went 20-27 for 169. He's also the nation's leader in completion percentage at just under 77%. But he also ran for 130 yards and added a touchdown. He uh, accounted for three touchdowns in that game. They have a chance to control their fate. On Saturday, if they win against William and Mary Saturday, they clinch a share of the CAA uh, football championship, as I mentioned, with four teams, Delaware, Villanova, 
and Albany, along with Richmond, are all 6-1. and one. The funny thing is, neither one of those four teams played the other. Delaware did not play Villanova, Albany, and Richmond. Richmond didn't play those three teams, so they have these weird tiebreakers that would determine who will get the automatic bid to go into the playoffs. For Richmond, a couple of those tiebreakers do not go on their side or don't go in their favor, but if they do win and finish a 7-1 and one in conference, 8-3 and three overall, that probably will get them an at-large bid for the FCS playoffs. Now, should uh, you know one of those teams, and I think Delaware and Villanova will face each other uh, in the finale, so it's going to be at least a share of the conference championship. They will not be able to win it outright, but they will get a share. It's right in their hands. They win against William & Mary. They will probably be in the FCS playoffs. And like I said, given how things looked you know, a couple of months ago with that loss to Hampton, for them to be in this position to control their own fate to the playoffs is a testament to that team and to head coach Russ Huseman. And dealing with injuries, they were down to their fourth-string quarterback. Fourth-string quarterback they had started Wickersham. They has uh they started um Cam Coleman, who was the fourth string quarterback um at one point and played well in the game against Maine. And they used two quarterbacks in the game at Stony Brook. And that's when Kyle Wickersham got injured at that point of the season. And two quarterbacks in that game, and I'm trying to get my computer situated so I can remember who actually were the two quarterbacks at that point, if I can get that straight. Having some issues, uh, Lewis, with this. It was Jackson Hardy and Ashton Snell Sear. Those were the two that had the uh, the unfortunate uh, situation up at Stony Brook. Jackson Hardy had a concussion in that game, and Ashton came in, did okay, got a victory up there at Stony Brook, and then Cam Coleman came in in Maine and threw six touchdowns in that contest, and they steadied the course, and they were able to uh, – continue this winning streak and uh, get the job done to, like I said, be in a position to control their own fate and with a a win over William & Mary can actually uh, potentially get a playoff spot in FCS. And for William & Mary, starting the year off fourth nationally in the polls to be out of the polls given the injuries that they have dealt with, specifically Brandon Yoder at running back to be uh, six and four, Four and three in the conference. I'm not sure they're going to get in with the win to put them at five and three and seven and four. I think uh, their opportunity to make the playoffs went out the window a couple of weeks ago. So it's going to be for the Capital Cup. It'll be for a share of the CAA Conference Championship and potentially a playoff spot for the Richmond Spiders Saturday down there at Zabel Stadium. And, of course, you can hear that on ESPN 1061. Uh, Saturday afternoon, and we'll have those highlights. We'll be there to shoot that game Saturday as well and have those highlights for you on CBS 6 on the Feel Good Edition that night at 11 p.m. Just got a couple more minutes. We got uh, one more segment to talk about. I'm going to try to get Lewis on the mic, too, see because uh, he had opportunity to see Richmond uh, this year a couple of times and see how what he thinks the Spiders' chances are this year to get that victory over William & Mary. And the phone lines are wide open. You can call us up. 
804-327-0888. You can call and or text. Let us know what you think. I'm surprised Reggie, we were talking about that the last second. I'm surprised Reggie hasn't picked up the phone to mention Virginia Union. They're headed up to Cutstown uh, tomorrow morning. They're going to make the trip to Pennsylvania. They're in the Division II playoffs after winning the CIAA title last Saturday over Fayetteville State. They're going to play Cutstown. Speaking of Virginia Union, so hopefully we'll get a call in or two and talk about some more college football around the state on our final segment of the Sports Subtle here on 106.1 ESPN. Did you know that you can find the best radio station on your dial in HD? Well, you can. Catch us on your HD dial at 103.7 HD2. Just another place to find your home for sports in the capital city. ESPN Richmond. 